Welcome to Heartbeat Podcast. I'm your host, Cindy Bright, along with my co-host, Joy Stanford. We aim to change the hearts of corporate America. Each week, you'll hear us discuss politics, business, the voice of the black woman, and how our voices are needed in today's world. We bring a myriad of guests on. We love to highlight and promote brown and black people. And our focus is on the ecosystems that are necessary to change corporate America. Through these conversations, you will get a deeper understanding of what is necessary for change. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to Heartbeat Radio and Podcast. I am your host, Cindy Bright. Well, we're here. We're at elections. Uh, Ballots are out. Uh, let me just state, November 8th is not the first day to vote. It's the last day to vote. Your ballots are out now. So we're going to talk about elections again tonight. There's a shocker for you. Before I go into a few of my comments that I wanted to make, um, I'm going to show a clip of uh, Pastor Jamal Bryant's sermon on Sunday so you can get a feel for where I'm at today. Let's just show that to all of you to begin the gentlemen, when the Republican Party of Georgia moved Herschel Walker from Texas to Georgia, so that he could run for Senate, it's because change was taking too fast in the post-antebellum South. The state had been flipped blue, and there are some principalities that were not prepared for a black man and a Jewish man to go to Senate at the exact same time. So they figured that they would delude us by picking somebody who they thought would in fact represent us better with a football than with a degree in philosophy. They thought we were so slow, that we were so stupid, that we would elect the lowest caricature of a stereotypical broken black man as opposed to somebody who is educated and erudite and focused. Y'all ain't ready for me today. Since Herschel Walker was 16 years old, white men been telling him what to do telling him what school to go to, where to live, where to eat, where to buy a house, where to run, where to sit down, where to sleep, where to pay for abortions, where to buy a gun. And they, you think they not going to tell him how to vote? In 2022, we don't need a walker. We need a runner. We need somebody who going to run and tell the truth about January 6th. We need somebody who going to run and push for the cancellation of student loan debts. We need somebody who going to run and make the former president respond to a subpoena. We don't need a walker. We need somebody who will be steadfast unmovable, always abounding, knowing that your labor is not in vain. Georgia, I need you to know, the slave Negroes y'all are used to don't live here no more. We can think for ourselves, function for ourselves, and vote for ourselves. Why? Because we don't need a walker. Did you think you were coming to church tonight? That sermon is so important. We are here and I'm going to reemphasize several things tonight. Um, Let's bring Joy in with me as I uh, give some of these comments. You know you were going to come to church tonight. Look, 
We, we are at an incredibly pivotal point. Um, Joy and I were reviewing statistics before we came on air this evening, looking at voter turnout, um, which elections we need to pay attention to. We've been highlighting uh, over the course of the last few months, the primary candidates. Uh, we are going to have uh, Representative Deborah Entman here in the 47th district. We're going to talk to you a little bit about the 47th again tonight uh, before we bring her on. But this is a moment that we absolutely can not afford to not have ourselves, our families, our children. There is so much on the line right now that the numbers, the data that shows the statistics around voter turnout, Washington state is better than most. I think I saw that we're third in the country with voter turnout which is not that great. However, what I did get a statistic on um, is that 100,000 more women showed up in the primary this past here in Washington State, uh, this past primary season. So we all know it's got to be us as women. We got to do all of this, but we need to make sure. So I can't overstate that tonight. We have to vote. My ballot is in. Joy, is your ballot in? My ballot is in. We need. It's, you said it's a moment. It's also a movement. It's a movement that says we are here, just like Pastor said. We are here. We will not be fooled. We have our own brains, our own uh, vote. This is the time to do it today, tomorrow. Get those ballots in. Important to show, you know, the Herschel, uh, we don't need walkers, we need runners, and why the 47th district is important for us to pay attention to, because we do have a Black male Republican running in that district as well. And look, anybody who has attached themselves <laughs> to the Republican Party in today's world um, and is going to vote red is problematic to us. I don't care how you cut it. They say that their policies are women to the environment, to the edu- I don't care that he was on the school board to the educational system for our children, to jobs, to creation of jobs, to our economy. They are only going to vote. And I mean, the Republican Party. They're only going to vote for themselves, for themselves. themselves. They do not have the greater good in their brain as something we have to work for. And and it's not of service. It's, It's not a service brain. It's not a service to them. It is something that we need to do to take power. Forget that. Let's let's just talk about what just happened this week with um, I even hate saying this person's name, but what's happening is important to pay attention to the fact that uh, Elon Musk uh, completed the uh, purchase of Twitter and within the pardon me canceled I canceled my subscription. So, but within the first twelve hours, uh, there was a five hundred percent increase in hate speech that's been tweeted out. The first one is the N-word, so you know, right? right? Um, This far right, all the racial slurs, the Nazi memes, there was so much hatred spewed. And we all know, look, I continue to say this, that, you know, I'm not a pessimist. I'm a realist. And here are the real things. We have already entered a civil war. If you look at the stages of war, we're in it, right? When there is... Um, a coup, when there is an attempt to overthrow the government, when the media is being controlled, when you look at the Black voices who have been on air are all being diluted and taken away, censoring speech, 
controlling, trying to kill, uh, going in, you know, Speaker of the House, tried to get her during the invasion, now going after her husband. Right. Right. Violence has already erupted. The media censoring has already been infected, affected. We are entering this next phase and this election next week is going to unleash and unravel some things. And I think in ways that we haven't seen before, we need to take over every seat that is going on that is up for grabs right now um, or needing to be uh, converted. It's an important race. You can't our King County prosecuting race. Lisa Mannion, we must support people who are not trying to police and lock everybody. We must get out and vote. And I'm frustrated over watching um, within my own family, you know, the lack of interest in, you know, I know the younger people and I, are not, I and I look at who's listening to this show. So the younger demographic is not paying attention to. Because right. it's not sexy. It's, it's not sexy. But you know what? What's important is your future. And if you have people who are damaging to your future, your the future of who they are, young folks, and the future of their kids and grandkids, because I got grandkids. I got kids. But if you're not looking at who's determining and who's directing what's happening in our world, what are you doing? I, I sent my son's ballot to him. I was like, I'm sending this to you. I need you to vote because this is important. Um, but you're right, that that 18 to 35 group, and and I, I get it. I get it. And I've heard it from young people. There's no one that looks like us. There's If there are, there are very few of those folks that look like you. But I'm telling you, the AOCs of the world, the Ariana Presleys of the world, they look like you. They think like you. They are thinking about you. They're thinking about you, your generation, your mom's generation, and your grandma's generation. Those are the people we want to elect. Those people that are looking at all things, social security, right. job what creation. I what I think is because, you know, I mean, this is just a lens of, you know, I'll speak for my, in my own family, right? Like they haven't grown up with the hardships no. that necessarily, they didn't suffer the way, like, you know, we're all, both older. So yeah. I, right. My son watched me suffer in corporate America. So he watched a different right. lens of the suffrage. He watched what I had to deal with. He watched me coming home, just like spent over dealing with all these folks that you got to deal right. with. Every day. But he didn't live through the era of which my my folks lived through. He didn't right. live through, right? My daughter-in-law's family, one generation from internment camps, right? Like, right. And, and none of this started, look, the complacency and the silence of people right now is astonishing. They don't yes. want to be, they don't want to talk politics. They don't want to talk. They're mm-hmm. tired. Of, well, we're tired of living it. Yes. So we can't afford to stop talking about it. We can't afford to stop keeping things in the forefront that need to be dealt with. And so here we are. Um, I'm curious. I think Joy, you shared a statistic with me earlier about um, so far. Let's see. And, is it King County or no, in the state of Washington, we have 4.7 million registered yep. voters. Um, as of right now, 1.2 million of those ballots. So a quarter of them, 25% of those ballots have been returned. We've been, we've been doing around 40 something percent. I was looking at those right. numbers 
And so we've got a lot to go and we need more. And I'm going to make an appeal out to, you know, my female uh, followers and listeners. Since we know it takes a woman to get stuff done, let's just get out there and get drag our sons and husbands and cousins and all them. Let's drag them to the polls, get the, make sure their ballots get filled out, that they are turned in and that we get some victories here now. Yes. Yeah. So I, 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 you know, we, we've been doing relational work um, at my nonprofit organization and, you know, that's where you tell 10, three friends who tell three friends who tell three friends. Mm-hmm. And what I said the other night was I'm going to tell five friends and then I'm going to call them again and ask them, did they turn in their ballot? Those five friends. And then I'm going to ask those five friends, ask five friends because we do not have time. Our environment doesn't have time. Women don't have time. Black folks don't have time. As pastor said, what'd you say? We don't need a walker. We need a runner. Hello. We need somebody, we need to vote for folks who are going to think about all folks, particularly Black folks, particularly uh, marginalized folks. These are the people that we need to get into office. And- you know, I, started, I started watching, reading some of the comments that people were making about Pastor Bryant doing that. And, you know, <laughs> just to watch, you know, I'm so sick of the hypocrisy. Criticizing? Were they criticizing? There were a lot of, um, you know, oh, well, we need to separate, you know, church and state. Well, but they don't say that when the white pastors stand up in the pulpit and tell people, you need to make sure you vote for somebody who's got your same moral compass. Or Donald Trump holding the Bible upside down, trying to um, speak religion to um, people. And and here's the thing. So don't even get me going on religion. I ain't even been about, in a church in 500 years. I ain't even set foot in a church. And I want to have an opinion about a pastor who is actually speaking out to look out for people. So yes. the difference in the religions is one um, religion wants to make sure that only um you know, white, cis, straight, yep, 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 yep. who are, um, who are um, doing bad things to boys in the back of their church. Those are the ones that are considered. Hello. Hello. Right. So um, here we are. And so we're all using our platforms, our pulpits, what we have to spread the message of trying to make sure that we get people out in Georgia. Look, <laughs> Georgia, um, Boy, I am just following that closely. Like that's going to be something else to watch to see what happens there. I know I was reading an article about um, black folks are saying that the Democratic Party is not supporting the Sherry Beasleys and the Val Demings of the world, and I'm like, hold up here, y'all not not y'all not supporting the sisters. Don't leave them in the in the wake. I mean, we know we both have whole different stories behind that, Cindy. When we Mm. ran my story, because that was the first moment that we were like, we were like, your story was different from my story. And I was like, here's me. I'm like, just wait, what do you mean you got treated differently? Hold on a second. And I have continued to say, you know, everyone knows, like, I don't give the Dems a 100% pass, but we got to, we have to vote Democrat because there's no, we have no other choice right now. We do not. We don't have a choice. And I have talked to several uh, people who have um, who are 
um, registered as Republicans and they said we vote, we're voting blue all the way down the ballot because we don't have a choice. Now, what we can do is try to work to try to help improve the Democratic Party. We can work to try to help uh, address the, the dysfunction, dysfunctionality there. But that's what we have to live with. And I've heard mm-hmm. many people say, you know, well, if we we just, you know, well, we just need a different party. I don't disagree, but it's not winning elections. And, no. you know, when we talk about racism, um, racism is about access and power. And so right. we have to move, try to help move the system that's in place. That's right. Even though that's it's not right. the best system in the world and it's not run by the best people and you have to be 80 years old to get elected. I mean, I see it. I get it. But yeah. right now, this is what we have to work with. Yeah, I I. I totally agree with you. And I cannot stress enough the folks who are voting against their own best interests. Don't look at the Dems as having the D behind their name. Look at them as what have they done? What are their solutions to the issues that are important to you? Call them, talk to them. You know, if you don't, you don't know a candidate, exactly. Call them. Most of the candidates I know, most of the women that I know are more than happy to have a conversation with voters mm-hmm. at any stage of their campaign. They are more than willing to have a conversation. And we've been we doing stop voting against our own best interests. Right. And we've been doing that, too, with that's why we bring a lot of people. On that's right. That's right. So that our so that the public can hear, can ask questions, can. That's right. You know, we've had some good um, participation from. We have. We have. Um, and so we continue to do that. It's why we just why I did the special a couple of weeks ago with the elected officials. That show is about accountability um, when we have people in office. And so the questions I'm asking are the questions that we want the public to know. Um, we want our legislators to hear about right. our concerns. And so this is a, a, a venue to do that. Right. And we'll continue to do that. And. You know, our plan is to grow this show to expand it because we do get uh, requests to um, out of other states. People want this kind of information. We don't. And so we just got to start digging at it at the grassroots level, which is what we're doing. Um, Because we didn't have this opportunity when we ran. Correct. There wasn't nobody with a radio show. Well, you had your radio show, but we weren't doing this on the radio show. It's like, no, I love the pivot that you did where you gave us that platform. I love that, that there in that moment, you were like, we can do better. Here's how we can well, do better. So I had a radio show. Um, people weren't really following me. I had just, I started this um, show in 2018 and I ran for office in 2018. Right. So it actually started before I decided to run for office. And on the night, my sh- the show used to be on Monday nights. And so oh. it was the night before elections. And I was fired up because of all the BS I had to deal with. Yep. Uh, that was an interesting show because and it was a 30 minute show back then. And I think producer was telling me to uh, censor my language because I was just like, <laughs> it was such a horrific experience that what you got to deal with. Um, so I'm happy to support women who are people, you know, women, particularly women who run for office because. I know how gross it is. I know how hard it is. You know how hard it is, Um, how much work, how many hours you put in. And then we don't even know. We haven't been in the legislature, but we get hints and we watch 
patterns. And so we watch that we are we churned uh, two of our black elected people who only served one term. We we're watching that. We know what it's like to work in these um, these white supremacist systems. Number one. Number two, we know what it's like to have to work for white leadership that believes that they're woke, but they're creating more damage than they are because they're not willing to step up and step out into where they need to step in order to progress some of these issues. It's why you have the problems you have in right. business, right? It's why, yeah. These, the things- I think, you know, they think, they keep saying the statistic is if you, if more women, elected women were in office, policy would change faster and for better. Okay. That's also true of having black women in spaces and places of power. More things would happen, more things would get done, more policies would change for the better for everyone. I just can't stress enough that why is it everyone? How do you answer the question? Why is it that black women do more about these issues than other women do? I know we have that we have that question. A few weeks ago, we had that same question. Because I hate when people say, oh, you're strong. My friend just said this to me today. You're strong. Like, you've got this confidence. And I'm like, not always. (laughs) I have my moments. You know, it's not like we don't have our moments. But when we're passionate about something, when we know something is wrong and it needs to be corrected and made right, we are in it and to win it. We are in it for the fight. And the, we're reason make sure why, that it's the reason why Black women are doing what we do is because we are the most harmed person in That's the right. environment. And so, and our families suffer as a result of it. So let me say that again. Uh, Malcolm X has said, the most disrespected person in this country is the Black, black woman. That is a fact. And Joy and I, could give our listeners multiple multiple examples over the years of the crap we've had to deal with. And to my white listeners who watch, I know there's a few of you who have seen me fight for you. You've seen me go to bat for you because I've seen people doing you wrong. And I've recognized that these were in my HR days and some of my consulting days, I fought for all people to make sure that people were That's treated right. right, that That's people right. were able to prosper, that people made equitable money to white men, that people got opportunities for advancement. I sat in umpteen succession planning meetings when women were being dismissed by white men who couldn't even meet the qualifications themselves that they were holding for other women. And so again, I come back to this. This is why when we, when you, when we go to get the vote out, when we go, when you see black women on ballots, put right. them in office. They have yes. suffered egregiously and they will understand and recognize those supremacist systems that exist, that the conditioning of corporate America, so microcosm of America, they will recognize it easier than other people because the conditioning is so deep That's and right. wide everywhere that. A lot of white people don't recognize when it's actually happening. And, so, well, there's an unconscious sometimes, but sometimes there's a conscious. Because yeah. what, what did I what did I read? It, it's 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 about racism, not race. So it's about that that systemic rooted racism 
and not just the race of a person. It's mm-hmm. the racism. You so know, that's coming we, too. And before we, you know, uh, go to break here, uh, race is on the ballot right now. So let's just be clear about what's happening in the Supreme Court right now. And let's talk about the fact that, you know, affirmative action uh, is on the ballot. And I have several bullet points I'm going to make about affirmative action. First off, I had done a lot of due diligence when I ran four years ago, because at that time, that's when Initiative 1000 here in the state of Washington right. was trying to uh, roll back the cancellation of affirmative action. At that time, uh, affirmative action gives access to education, jobs, and government contracting. Those are kind of the three areas that it gives access to. At that time, in 2018, I looked at the data. And so twenty it was 1995-ish when Tim Iman uh, put that initiative forward to roll it back. I think it was I-200. And at that time, the percentage, and I'm, I don't remember the exact categories, but the numbers I remember at the time, I believe this was in higher education, 14.7% were having access to higher education. In 2018, when Initiative 1000 was trying to roll that back, 1.7% of brown and black people were getting access. So it actually decreased 13%. So when we talk about affirmative action, affirmative action has done nothing. The rollback of it has affirmed white people Why we need getting it. all the jobs, white people getting all the government contracts, and white students getting in. And this is not a statement about dumb, uneducated brown and black kids just getting a pass because they're skin. This is about saying that you have to level this playing field. We're in a global economy. We're in a global environment. And we can no longer sit on our heels and pretend like this isn't important. And with Clarence and his wife uh, oh, uh, making decisions, we have a huge problem. So this he is- He doesn't another- know what diversity means, whatever that means. You're a Supreme Court justice. What do you mean you don't know what diversity means? Really? Really? I I was floored by, by all of the reading that I've done. I was, I was like, are you kidding me? Are we really having this conversation? But our three stood strong. But remember, this, 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 this Supreme Court happened because of the long game that has happened in our government. Mm-hmm. And they were waiting for some... I could say something really bad, but I'll say former president and they told him what to do and he went about doing it. And now we have our six, three, what is it? I think it's six, three um, conservative Supreme court who is now overturning everything that has been set into motion and on the backs of our ancestors, the, the civil rights movement, the reproductive rights movement that Black black women played a huge part in. Let me just make that clear. Check your history books, folks. We had a huge part in the reproductive justice movement. So now they're turning back that clock, that time. Um, We've seen it with the Dodds decision, and now we're seeing it with affirmative action. And I Mm -hmm. truly, truly, truly think that this is where we have to start educating people and not just during election time, but during, ah, oh, that's awesome. But during 
um, the year, the entire year, mm-hmm. the entire year. And I, I just, I'm like, people, we, I'm going to say it again. Stop voting against your own best interests. Mm-hmm. Before we're going to take a quick break here, let me just comment. I saw a couple of comments come up on the feed. Uh, first off, thank you, Eagle Brothers, um, for those comments. Uh, and to Josh Cook, who says, I voted and didn't vote for either cricket party. Job well done. Uh, I hope you don't regret um, not voting, vote for, not voting for one something. of the parties. Um, we're not, we're not. I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just saying we're, we are just at a point now that we can't afford to think like that. But let's just take a quick commercial break and we'll be right back uh, to bring in our elected. So we'll be right back. back to Heartbeat Radio and Podcast. I am your host, Cindy Bright. Thank you for joining us tonight as we are talking about uh, a most crucial primary election season um, and our advocacy for Get Out the Vote. Um, we are scheduled to have uh, Representative Deborah Entman joining us the second half. Um, uh, potentially Shukri Olo. She is a candidate in the 47th. And we got... Um, cancellation from Chris Stearns at the last minute. So he will not be joining us. So we're going to, let's bring joy in and um, <laughs> I'm reading the chat. Were you eating at what, at the break? <laughs> <laughs> How did you know that? <laughs> you have to turn your mic off because we can hear it. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> <laughs> Too funny. We'll introduce as soon as uh, our uh, candidates and/or electeds uh, come into the um, the back room. We will introduce the men. We're just going to continue on with the conversation we were having before the break about the necessity to get out the vote. And I had comment right before the break. Um, there was someone who you know made a comment about not wanting to vote for either party and all that. And I you know, wholeheartedly understand it. I'm certainly don't criticize a comment like that. No judgment, no judgment. No judgment. Yeah. Um, we just want to ensure, uh, number one, that democracy uh, stays intact because right. we do need to have, um, uh, we need to have a, a democracy. If we don't, you know, I don't know who the person is who made the comment and maybe it benefits you to not have that. But for most people and our families, we need to ensure that we continue to have a right and a, and a vote and a say-so and outcomes for our families. And so we just got to continue um, 
Hi, Bonnie. <laughs> um, I, I'm, let me just pause. Joy's over here eating grapes. I'm waiting to eight o'clock. So, I grapes. so um, yeah, so an important, you know, important across the country, important to pay attention to these communities. Um, Val Deming's race, um, Stacey Abrams race. Uh, Absolutely. Lots uh, of Warnock's race. Right. Uh, uh, Sherry Beasley's race. Uh, she's running in, uh, is, I think it's North Carolina, South Carolina, North Carolina. Yes. North Carolina. North Carolina. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, all those races. Um, mm-hmm. you know, these are, these are, they're running against folks who are MAGA Republicans. So we know what that means right away. When, when and and oh. MAGA money is going behind yes. them. Why we yes. can't? Um, um, you know, we should like talk. Our state. Little, we should talk our state. about how the how the money works because you and I both did fundraising oh. raise money for our campaigns, right? Yeah, but you have to remember who has the hardest time raising money. First out the gate, women. Second out the gate, black women. Third out the gate, women of color. Because my indigenous sisters are having a hard time raising money too. But that money, that MAGA money, that's the uh, Home Depots, AT&Ts. Let me see, who else? Well, they fall, so I, am, I am not totally educated in this. So I want to be careful how I say it. But there are PACs, so political yes. activities, the yes. PACs are able to put way more money. So there's limitations in primary primary elections and limitations in this, in state. In this, in this state. state. Yeah. I don't know what they are across the state. In this across state. Across other states, there isn't. In this state, you can only give $2,000. $1,000 in primary, 1000 in general. Correct. In other states, it's different. I, I'm not educated enough to know it. But right. political action committees can raise money on your behalf and put a lot more money into the campaigns. They don't have those same restrictions. Correct. Uh, as And so that is. But by way of independent expenditures mm-hmm. and coordinated work. Coordinated so, work. And because, so because there's so much white wealth. So if you want to continue to break down systemic racism because the disparity, the racial wealth gap is so significant. Um, in this state, I'm going to requote a stat I've said on the air several times in this state, just looking at, you know, gross domestic product spend on black business was $1.2 billion last year. We have a 6% black population and that number should be closer to 24 billion. The delta of $22 billion will never be solved through minimal investment. We will have to do reparations in this country. Fact, you can't fix something that big. It's so significant. So the racial wealth gap is so huge that the whites who have all the money are, this is how they're able to politically win because they have access to all that money. And so if we don't understand, I mean, this is um, my work. Um, This is the work, you know, Joy does political work, helping candidates and, you know, get into, or at least standing behind candidates to help promote issues and, you know, contributing to their campaigns, helping, you know, our hand, the, People's hands are tied here in the state with the limited contribution. It's why the whole voucher program started in the Seattle area. But and I, and I think it's I think it's 
I think people don't understand how much money uh, one of the one of the most expensive races is right here in my own district, the 26. Um, the MAGA Republicans want that Senate seat. They'll do anything to get that Senate and seat. And that's the gross Tiffany Smiley ads that we keep saying, correct? Oh, that's that's congressional. Oh. I'm talking just statewide Senate race is, I believe, over a million dollars at this point. Is that, that Emily Randall's race? Yes, that's Emily Randall's race. And then, yeah, the Tiffany Smiley's of the world. Um, there's just like um, so, so much money going there because um, they, 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 they don't, they don't want Patty in there. Patty is one of the most hardest working women in DC. I saw it for myself. I'm not saying everybody likes her. I'm not saying I agree with every single one of her, you know, decisions or votes. Um, there's always going to be something that we disagree on. I think everybody would, uh, you know, get that, but. She's one of the hardest working folks there. She's going to work for everyone, not just a small segment of people. And so we got to get her back to to uh, Washington, D.C. I wholeheartedly agree. But what I'm going to echo that a lot of the general public feels that is fair. Fee- it's fair feedback is that we have elected to stay in office for 30 years and we still have a demographic of people who are still suffering at the same levels or worse than, than 30 years ago. And that's the, that's why we get comments like what one of our listeners was saying earlier about the parties. Now I support the parties. Yeah. Yeah. I I support her and I'm not bashing or I don't have anything bad to say about her. Um, But if the only thing we can have back in Washington, DC are 80 year old people running, uh, we have a succession problem. Number one, right. We have a leadership problem. We have a succession problem. Um, And there's that, issue must begin to get addressed. Like we can't just keep, you know, we just can't. And we know what they say when somebody tries to come in, because we heard it. We heard it from several of our friends who who ran. It's not your turn. Mm-hmm. Um, you haven't paid your dues. White I was here first. I've White done all first. this work and I. it's my turn. You're not qualified, Cindy. <laughs> You've never held public office before. No shit. That should be the number one reason why I do qualify, right? Hello. And there's a a huge, I think I swore on air again. I'm sorry, Daniel. I'm going to get censored for that. Um, There is a push that people say here in Washington state about wanting term limits because once they get seated, to unseat them is almost impossible. That's why I somebody I say that at the door to me, Cindy. He what? said, I said, hi, I'm Joy. I'm running for the state to be your next, you know, representative. He said, I got one question for you. How long are you going to be there? And, and I was like, oh, he's talking term limits. So I stood there for a second and I said, that is a really good question. I said, right now I'm thinking six to eight years. And he said, I'll vote for you. And he said, why? Can I ask you why? I said, because my husband's going to retire to Mexico and I don't want him to leave without me. So he'll stay as long as I have an end in sight. And he said, the only reason I think that is because what you just said, Cindy, people get there and they stay there 10, 15, 20, 23, and years. The only and- organization, it's the only organization you can be in for that long not be competent, not deliver results. Like there's, you can't, in business, I mean, it happens, but um, 
so so that is a huge problem for communities that don't have enough representation. They want to see results. They want to see money coming back to their community. They want to see that you are not just there during the election season, but you are there during the hard times. You are there in February when the snow hits and it's snowmageddon and you are helping do something in your community, something, not just during election time. And that is that is something I've heard a lot this year is we only see these folks when it's election time. It's true. Even though we're trying, you know, through the show to not to make a difference, make a difference with that so that they're seen and they continue to hear from us. And we speak to them before elections, before the people vote. We speak to them right after they come out of session. We'll bring people on during session to give us quick updates. We have a a great black lobbyist, Paula Sardinas, who came on with us last year during session just to give us an update on what's happening and just to keep the public informed about, you know, the bills that are on the table. Um, And look, we Joy and I have learned how to follow bills and and see how people are actually voting for bills that are um, put forward. And so you can start to see, you can see how they're, where they're, if their feet match their words, I guess is how I'll say Oh, that's good. That's good. That's really good. You need to coin that. No, but it's one thing to sponsor a bill and be the leader on the bill. It's another thing to just take a vote because we got folks here that are like, oh, that was my bill. No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. Wasn't your bill. It was so-and-so's bill and you voted for it. But don't exaggerate and say, oh, that's my bill. That's my bill. Are you co-sponsor? Okay, say I was a co-sponsor. It's okay to be the co-sponsor, but don't try to lie to the voters and say, that was my bill. Mm. And I did that for you. No, you didn't. No, what are some of the what are some of the issues you think we need to have um, at the forefront in January um, for this legislative session? Um, I think, um, well, I'm going to say it because I work for an environmental nonprofit, so I'm going to say the environment, climate change, um, but specifically um, the Growth Management Act. We need to do some more work on that. Um, we didn't get it past this past session, so I'm going to say definitely um, that. I think we need to go back to the table with the uh, police reform uh, bills. Um, and let's find out why we've got police chiefs saying, my people's hands are tied. They cannot do their job. Why are you saying that? That's not true. Stop saying that. Um, you were at the table. I asked the question to the to the legislators. Who was at the table? Were you at the table? Great. I want to ask you, who was at the table with you? And specifically, Washington uh, uh, State Patrol, various sheriffs, county sheriffs, police departments were at the table. So I think we need to go back and look at those, bring folks back to the table. Where's the common ground on this? Because we've got to get some common ground on this so we all can move forward. Um, The other thing is affordable housing. I'm always going to say that affordable housing and job creation. We need more jobs. I, you know, I, I drove into Tacoma today and the first thing I see is just squalor because we've got unhoused people, you know, living and sleeping under the the overpass. It's sad and it, it just hurts my heart every time I see that. So if we just start my, moving towards that, it'd be good. Here are my top two issues that I believe um, we need to have in legislative session. 
um, housing is incorporated in it, but there are two major issues I believe at play. One is wealth reparation. Like we got to deal with the inequities um, the, in this state. This is we are we are on indigenous land. Um, Correct. And so we've got to do something around restoring um, BIPOC communities' ability to have access to money, and that it, there's so many facets to it. I mean, I focus on corporate America. First, we second, need to start honoring the tribal treaty rights and sovereignty. And my second one is education, because the mm-hmm. um, you know brown and black children. Um, that's their vehicle right. to, that's their vehicle to prosper. And um, we've had the same chair of the education committee for, I don't know, she's another long time seated um, person that I just think her time's up. And I think that her uh, lens on brown and black children's ability to learn, like you just hear bias come through and um, things that um, is said. So, you know, my, and I heard something, um, I heard something. So I was at uh, Representative Jamila Taylor's fundraiser on Saturday, one of her fundraisers, I've been to a couple of them. And her father, who was a UW. Oh, love him, love him. So Quintard, he, Quintard, yeah. Quintard Taylor, yeah. He was yeah. very powerful in his introduction of Jamila. But he said something that she's probably going to slap me for saying it on air because she didn't elaborate on it. So I'm just going to say what her father said. But he said that he was really proud of her because she's working on landmark uh, legislation that is in the reparations space. That's all I know. But I was happy. She is the chair of the Black Caucus, but um, I was happy to hear that someone else is pick somebody's picking that ball up because we had in Washington state, we have the right elected officials. And if we keep the right people in the seats, we can start to pass some of the, some historical legislation, hopefully to start to change outcomes for Brown and black people. That is going to change a trajectory in so many ways for the state to do that. And so smart for them to be focusing on it, but I can't wait to hear more about what that entails and what that is all going to mean. Um, but those, from my perspective, those two issues, we deal with that. And housing is a contributor to that because the ability to have access to housing, to own homes is a way, a number one way of building wealth. And, okay. and so we do have to focus on. So I, I'll be fascinated to see what the legislative cycle agenda looks like for um, this next session starting in January. I think it's going to be broad, but I think, you know, and I, I, those are my top things that I think, you know, um, but I would absolutely include the two that you, that you said too, but there's, you know, this is a long session. We're coming up on a very long session, 105 days, I believe. Um, And um, I think, I believe that we will see some more progress um, in the positive way. But that's only going to happen if we send back the folks who were there last time and we elect those folks like the Lisa Mannions of the world, um, the Claudia Kaufmans of the world. Let's, the talk, about Claudia, let's talk about her race really quick. Because yeah. um, that's, that's the 47th. I'm not sure what's going on with 
our electeds. I, I don't have a message or anything that they weren't joining in. I definitely. I do. do you have a message? I got a message from uh, Shukri. It sounds like her grandmother may be ill in the hospital. And so okay. she would have loved to have been on, but um, that has happened. And so. Okay. Yeah. And I um, messaged with Representative Intamin uh, a little while ago and she was confirmed tonight. So I, I'm not sure what happened. We'll keep you posted if, I mean, legislators are slammed busy and they're at the um, 11th hour right now trying to get. Yes, they are. Yes, they are. But it's the Deborah Intamins of the world and the Jamila Taylors, um, Claudia Kaufman. Claudia um, Kaufman is running for the Senate, Senate seat the by, um, by Senator Mona Mona Goff. Goff. And mm-hmm. so. Do you want to talk? Do you know more about that race? Do you want to talk about um, it? Yeah, it was vacated by Mona Dodge. She decided to retire and 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 take a different path. So uh, Claudia Kaufman's uh, stepped up. We had some great people who stepped up. I, I don't want to um, forget uh, Santwinder uh, Cower who stepped up as well. Uh, the top two that came out were uh, Claudia Kaufman and Bill Boyce. We talked about that the last half hour. Bill Boyce is a black man, Republican. Um, Claudia Kaufman represented the 47th um, years ago. Uh, and so she's back and she stepped up to run again and will represent them well again. Um, I truly believe in her platform. Um, I think she's- well, the, 40, the 47th Auburn. is uh, the Kent, Very Auburn, Kent Auburn area. Kent um, Auburn Covington. Um, and historically has very low voter turnout. Yes. So they don't, yeah. their folks are not getting out to vote. And, and this is too important because if the Republicans come out to vote in that election and there is a black Republican person um, who would not come on and, and talk with you, like, and then by you, I mean our audience, because we had invited him. That's a problem. So we have to pay attention to the behaviors. Again, the feet versus the lips, right? How are they acting? What are they doing? And so, yeah. yeah. Claudia's race is an important one for. She's working those. hard. She's knocking doors. Uh, I've seen a couple of canvases come across my Facebook uh, about folks canvassing with her. Um, so that's really good to know. There's phone banks that are going on um, for her. Um, all sorts of other, you know, activities. So she's working hard to to get that seat back. Um, and I, I'd, I'd love to see her. Uh, I expect to see her win and yeah. um, and take that seat back. And then um, the congressional seat by Kim Schreier is one we should talk about. Uh, Kim, uh, Schreier, Kim Schreier, Kim Schreier is, what is she? She's the fifth congressional district, right? And so, yeah, I don't have a federal pack, so I, I always forget numbers for her. But uh, eighth, so why she's she the eighth? She's the eighth. Yes, um, and. She's got great. She's doing great, too. I mean, there's just a lot of work going on. She's running against Reagan Dunn. Mm-hmm. Um, Matt Larkin. Matt Larkin. Is that his yeah, yeah, I saw, Larkin. I saw Larkin. the ads. And it's just, I, I find them funny because it's almost like they insult your intelligence where they take clips of certain things that she said in other forms without context and then promote it as a certain way. But um, she certainly... Um, she's done quite a bit. She is actually a yes. doctor, right? Yes. Uh, yeah. One, she's of the, a- one of the very few in office. Yes. Where, yes. And so, yeah, again, I was in DC. 
hardworking. She's running between buildings. She's running from the floor. Um, she's, 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 she's got a great staff. Let me just give a shout out to her staff, Murray's staff, excellent staff, Del Bene's staff, excellent. Um, so so while, they're all, while they're all, we support them and they're all wonderful. We must start, you know, any of our democratic leadership is listening to this. We need to have a pipeline. I know we have Pramila uh, yes. back there. We need to have brown and black women back in these seats too. Like we have but got- where's the building of the bench? That's my point. That's my point. Because what we don't want to have are the same people in, um, you know, I, I don't know how long. Um, I know Pramila has done quite a bit. Like she's very she's great. Yep. Yeah, she's really great. And she's very progressive. And what I like about her is that, you know, while she is um, a registered Democrat, she is also uh, incredibly pro- and I almost even hate using the word progressive because progressive become a bad word. That word, she's just actually um, successful and um, and going after the very same things that the the yes. white have. And so, yes. she's not a progressive person to just want the same. It's just a label that gets put onto. But definitely thinks more. Uh, less conservatively about some of these issues than yes. Um, yes. moderate Democrats do. He's so. trying to push the policy mm-hmm. so that it matches as we go along in time. And I love that about her. I mm-hmm. absolutely love that about her. And I love that she recognizes the impact that she has on issues and her community back here in Washington state. And she makes a point of that. Um, mm-hmm. All of our congressional delegate work hard to bring money back to our state, to bring progress back to our state. And, uh, you know, I dare anybody to say anything about them because I I got to witness it and I got to talk to all of them. Um, and it was, it's pretty incredible to be in DC and be able to talk to those folks and say, what's important to you? What are you doing? How can we support you from Washington state? How can we support you here? Um, and that was, that was our question to them. And, um, we got really authentic and genuine answers, and and I appreciated that. So, um, those yeah. are some hardworking folks. So it'll be. So we are out of time. So I'm um, again, again. <laughs> sorry, we missed our uh, uh, particularly elected our elected officials. Yeah. Uh, um. Again, but we understand because they are trying to get elected right now. So I know that that's a lot to ask. Next week when we come on, we will it will be the day after election. So it will be fascinating for us to talk about um, how we see people have fared. And so um, we'll look forward to. And the um, results will not all be in. They won't all be in. We'll get to see something. We'll have some data. Yeah, on. we will have some data, but yeah. Well, Joy, thanks for joining me tonight again and to our listeners who paid attention. All right. You heard Pastor Jamal at the beginning. We don't need walkers. We need runners. Get out the vote. We will see you all next Wednesday. Have a good evening. Row, row, row your vote. Row, row, row your vote.